Hello and welcome to the Cane and Rinse podcast, volume one, issue one. This week, to mark the recent release of the upscaled Ready at Dawn duo of Chains of Olympus and Ghost of Sparta HD on PlayStation 3, we're returning to brutally dissect via quick time event March 2010's God of War 3. Confusingly, the sixth and apparently final chapter in Kratos' mythic saga. Warning, there will be spoilers. With me today, I have Tony Atkins. Hello. Jay Taylor. Hello. And introducing Darren Foreman. Hello, guys. Who's Dean? Ah, there he was. Uh, my name's Leon Cox. I don't think I said that. Uh, so here we are to talk about God of War 3 in particular, but no doubt we'll also touch upon other games in the series, influences uh, of and by and other related topics. So let's start at the very beginning. Um, first thing I noticed, gents, about this game that I thought think is unusual, particularly in this day and age, is that it kicks off with an extended four-minute-long filmic opening credit sequence on loading the game. Um, this is unusual. Normally, the credits these days are kind of, you know, they're just there on a top menu and you click on them and they just scroll up the screen. Um, uh, this this very much sets its stall out uh, as, a, as a cinematic experience right from the start. Apparently... Kratos wants vengeance on the gods. Uh, he makes that abundantly clear, and the game starts pretty much exactly uh, where God of War 2 left off, I believe, with Kratos, uh, Kratos assaulting Mount Olympus, the home of the gods, astride the titan Gaia, a big wooden lady with massive uh, barky tits. So uh, let's begin by talking about those visuals. Um, the, f- the opening chapter is, is, is a technical tour de force, I think it's fair to say. Oh, completely. I agree with that. Uh, Darren. Yes. A technical tour de force then? Absolutely. I mean, uh, cinematically speaking, it's really impressive stuff. Um, to be honest, I can't think of any other game that actually tries that in its opening moments. Yeah, there's lots of uh, use of um, dramatic use of scale uh, to the point that you haven't, you're not even uh, particularly able to pick out your tiny Kratos uh, amongst the the incredible pyrotechnics that are going on around you as the game kind of zooms in and out willy nilly of the uh, of the enormously um, epic battle that is ensuing on the side of the of the mountain itself it's it's an old technique as well of um god of war games because if you remember all the way back in god of war one uh mm. you open up wasn't the hydra thing that you know you're on the boat and it bursts through yeah. the, the water and you go back to it now and it doesn't quite you know match the the comparison of climbing up the side of the mountain but um it's it's an old tactic that they've used pretty much for every single one of the titles so it's not surprising that you you see that opening cutscene the way it, it is but i think for me it was just the scale of it i i actually don't think i was prepared quite for how um, good-looking God of War was actually going to be. Because you, you, hear, mm. you hear the hype, you hear the Sony trained, and, you, and it's going to be amazing, it's going to be the best-looking game ever. And there's always a sense of scepticism there, like, well, you know, Platform Holder says this is the best thing looking wow. And I, it's actually quite breathtaking. It, it takes a second to actually understand... Who, where you are on that screen because your focus is in oh like well this you know clearly like the opening scene this is just a, a cut scene that I'm going to be you know eventually you know moved into somewhere on this playfield and all of a sudden there you are it isn't a cut scene you're in control of the character and as, as tiny and minute as he is Jay you're 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 an artistically minded person do you actually think it's an attractive game as well as an aesthetically uh, pre- impressive one the thing with that is I had not I. I'm not a God of War fan per se. I mean, here about eight, what was it? In 2008, a friend of mine lent me God of War 2. And 
it just sat on the shelf. I literally couldn't, I couldn't find the enthusiasm to play it. Um, mm. And I wasn't bothered about God of War 3 until I went round to yours that time when you had it and we played the first or 45 minutes or so, didn't we? Yeah, and it right. was at that point I'm like, I really want to play this. I was absolutely mm. blown away by the visuals on the on the game. It's the whole sort of epic moments, you know, the the, the sort of the Poseidon and his um, crab horse thing and all the rest of it. It was just, <laughs> oh, I don't know, it really got its hooks into me at that point. And so you're kind of confirming you're a bit of a graphics tart. Oh, absolutely, really. of course. Yeah, but, <laughs> but here's the thing with that, right? Everybody, you know, everybody's a graphics whore. Because we're all, yeah, we're all to that point. Visuals are the first thing that ever grab us with any trailer, anything whatsoever. It's always the visuals that stick, you know, that make us sit up and take notice of anything. That's always the first thing. The, the it's game true, even if later. it's a stylistic choice. Yeah, it doesn't have to be yeah, the most polygons on the screen. It can just mm. be, you know, a unique looking game. If you, you yeah, know. yeah, an interesting looking, yeah, absolutely. But, so, so what is everyone's history with God of War? Because I mean, I played God of War one um, a long time ago now, isn't it? Mm. It's and you know, I thoroughly enjoyed that, and I, I, I was very much into the PlayStation Two um, era at that point. And you know, I loved the console and, and thought that was you know a remarkable game. But my history of God of War Two is, is really um, I, it's a really odd one because I've tried to play that game now at this point four times, and never succeeded to get more than about twelve hours, well, eleven hours, twelve hours in. Mm. Um, by the sounds of it, it's about a fifteen to you know sixteen hour game. So I've got close to the end, but it's never felt uh, you know compelled enough. It's um, a recurring theme, Darren. I believe you were in a similar situation. Exactly the same. I mean, I was about to ask Jay right now, but uh, he's had God of War two sitting on his shelf, and he couldn't mm. be bothered to play it. Mm. I was actually yeah. wondering if he'd actually played it and uh, put it down and never went back, or if he just didn't couldn't no, be bothered I, starting I literally, it. I literally played the first hour. Um, you know, the bit where Not you're enough. inside the statue. Uh, and you're you're having to scale. I think it's it, it's the huge statue that comes to life or whatever, and you're mm-hmm. inside it, and you're working your way up to the top. I literally didn't get past that bit, which I think is within the first sort of thirty minutes of the game. That is the exact part where I started getting bored with it. Really, which is mm, really right. odd because yeah. when I mean I've I've been having this conversation about obviously we'll be doing God of War three as the first uh, game on the show, and mm-hmm. everybody was very much you need to play God of War two before entering God of War three. Now I don't necessarily always buy into that. Uh, philosophy that you have to play a certain game before playing another certain game but you know story-driven um, games is a thing I tend to do anyway and you know one of the things that came the rinse is you know we're going to play games to the very end and have that discussion mm. so it's it's not you know it's not unusual for me to play through a game for its entirety and, and just enjoy it with and everyone seems to be focused that the story in God of War 2 is the best one out of all the series um, including the the PSP versions and I think I've got a lot to say about that when we get into this, probably the story section, um, but also the gameplay section and the, um, the, uh, the what we're talking about visuals as well. And it, a lot of those um, scenarios, it doesn't work for me because one, I think I played at the back end of the PlayStation 2's life cycle when the 360 had just come out. Um, so I think I'd already fallen into that graphics horse scenario. And two, now when I've gone back and tried to play the HD versions, although they look incredible comparatively to the PlayStation 2 version. You know, I'd already had that taste of uh, God of War 3. So, you know, in some respects, I think that, that the, you know, the artistic nature of those games is what I'm actually craving rather than the actual story because the story kind of just left me a bit bored in God of War 2. Yeah, which is why I did find it a, a slightly uh, a, an interesting decision to release the double pack of PSP games um, 
on PS3 after God of War 3 because um, playing I, my history with God of War is that I played the first game at the time I imported it on US import. Mm. It was still in the days when we were getting poor power conversions and God of War was, was slightly compromised in, in Europe uh, in terms of gameplay speed and, and things. Um, and uh, I, I quite enjoyed it. Uh, and then I didn't get around to playing second one until I, I I played the trilogy back to back last year on on PS3 uh, the two HD versions and then God of War three and for me God of War two was the best game in the series I I enjoyed it the most um, and it, it seems to be perhaps the most divisive game in the series in that sense I thought it had the most interesting puzzles and the largest scope um, and uh, God of War three was obviously more you know technically impressive um, but having playing them in that order it kind of worked because i was playing the the previous gen games albeit upscaled before the big uh you know Mm. marquee release of of god of war 3 which was developed on ps3 from the ground up whereas people who are getting the uh, chains of olympus and ghost of sparta pack now um they will very likely have already played god of war 3 and so there is going to be that certain amount of adjustment to the fact that this is a these are psp conversions with lower uh lower quality textures and a smaller amount of polygons on screen so some of the examples that really jumped out to me when i was playing through uh god of war and i actually sat down in one sitting and played through god of war 3 um Mm. which you know isn't unusual necessarily unusual for me but it it's um it was a quite an experience to kind of just sit there and and let it rinse over me hey let me go let it rinse Mm. uh, the experience rinse over me the entire time one of the definitions we were thinking of but but there we go that will do um and there's there's one or two scenes that will completely stand out um and probably stow with me actually for a, a very very long time more so than some of the other aspects of the game um those scenes in particular obviously it's the opening scene the 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 client climbing of is it gaia yeah uh you're on you're on gaia yeah yeah. um and as we you know alluded to in the in the start you know that's it's a a trademark of the god of war series but it still takes your breath away because i don't think you're quite expecting this the scale and this is what god of war 3 does more than anything i've played before this uh that game in particular is the scale just, I couldn't believe the fact that I was controlling this tiny little miniature. It was almost like a micro machine car on top of this mm. huge boss battle, and there's actually action happening on that. So it's it's two events going on at once, which is you know the background moving as well as the uh, or the foreground moving as well as the actual um, action on, on the screen. Yeah, and the and the camera, the use of camera is just incredibly sort of mm. dynamic in that in that whole sequence. It is flying about, it gives you a real sense of movement of the the enormity of the the thing that's going on, the of the vibrations that you're on the back of Gaia and um it's nothing's nothing's still at all, is it? It's all thrashing mm-hmm. about, you know. Yeah, it is all really dynamic, you know. The thing is, I mean, Kratos looks about the size of a flea on a gorilla at times. And then it'll <laughs> swoop in and then it'll get a nice close up of the action. Yeah, do you think um as uh, as somebody who uh prizes uh sort of the technical side of gameplay very highly, did did you find that compromising at all or do you think that given that essentially it's the tutorial at the start of the game it's not a big problem? To be honest, I mean, I think God of War game God of War 3's gameplay kind of lends itself to that kind of scale. Um it doesn't really matter if you if you've only got a tiny little card on screen because you can still see the Blades of Chaos, or the Blades of Athena, as they're known at that point, mm-hmm. swirling around. And you can see the little stick figures getting knocked out of the way. Yep. Um, since it's not a really technical game where like one or two moves can end up in death, 
you yeah. can get away with that kind of cinematography, mm-hmm. which is something we'll we'll talk about later. But um, but uh, bringing it to the graphics again, that sh- that says that the um, the game does a good job of communicating what you're doing visually, even from even when Kratos is minuscule. Completely, and and I think that's its uh, its party trick throughout the game. Um, in some respects, I, I find it kind of strange that. Obviously, you have these huge, big cinematic pieces and, and all the ones which involve scale. So another one would be like the Cronus fight, um, the actual uh, one of the characters from God of War 1, where you spend a lot of time in his back on the, the latter end of God of War 1. Mm. Um, and there you are, you're taking him down. You know, something that helped you, you're now, well, helps you in the, the box on the top of his head. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, um, you know, something that you had no, you know, wanted no harm towards. Mm. Um, you're now actually, you know, the one that's taking it down, and they, they explain that a little bit in the story, and you know, that's a, another big impactful moment. But strangely, what I th- I found it it did then was because you had these huge, great, big um, boss fight scenes, and it, you know that's kind of the standout gameplay uh, type. Mm. Whenever you, it it shrunk away from that, and you're left in just well, this is the combat environments. These are the you know the foes. You know, as, as Darren was saying, it, these are the stick figures that need to be taken down to move on mm. to the next boss battle. In in some respects, it kind of made those um, less important to everything else around the, the less game. Less impactful. Well, yeah, yeah, and and they make up. You know, when you look at the, the experience, they make up at least probably seventy to eighty percent of the experience. Uh, yeah, at least uh, that, and sort of lever-based puzzles and and, and things like that. Mm. But I suppose you've you've got the three tiers of uh, encounter, haven't you? You've got the the the, the work a day, uh, you know, sort of small type Mobs. monsters yeah. that you're fighting. Then you've got those which have to be finished with a a, a quick time event, um, your minotaurs and medusas and all that. And then you then you've got the bosses. Um, Obviously, the uh, the QTE has been a trademark of the series. Going back to that famous uh, Hydra encounter at the beginning of God of War One, uh, which is actually, of course, the second game chronologically of the six God of War games. Yes, there are six because there's apparently one called God of War Betrayal in two thousand and seven, which is a Java game, which fits in between Ghost of Sparta and God of War Two. But I've not played that. No. Um, the the QTEs. Um, I think they kind of work. Um, I, I do actually think that the the way they're presented, especially now that the uh, the presentation is such that the the button prompts appear on the logical side of the screen, and some of the uh, analog stick twists seem to relate actually to what Kratos is doing. It doesn't feel completely arbitrary. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I got to agree with that. I find normally with QTEs, I have a they're a real sticking point with me. Mm. But because, and it, it's such a simple little mechanism, is that they appear, like the, the, the triangle will appear at the top of the screen, the mm-hmm. square on the right and the circle on the left and the X at the bottom. It just, you, you weren't even, you, as soon as they appear, you just instinctively know where to hit. And it was, it was just such a simple device, but I found it so bloody useful when I was playing the game. Like, well, and... For, for for a good reason as well is mm. that how many times do you look at QTEs and you're solely focused on that one part of the screen where they're going to appear and actually yeah. not looking at the screen at all you're, you're what the action that's happening in the background mm. you're missing these you know most most amazing dramatic scenes because that's the only way they can actually present them to you because you're too busy just trying to go which one's the square which one's the square 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 and it, and so this it's just okay well that's over the left hand side so I don't my brain doesn't need to think about it it's just muscle memory. Mm. Anyone who's played the uh, the uh, shark drum and bass battle in Guitar Room Man will have had to <laughs> learn the positions of the uh, PlayStation button 
uh, a long long time ago but yes yeah, sometimes it is easy to i certainly always had problems with uh, with the snes pad remembering and, and other nintendo controllers that the y the y is is to the left of the x and the b is to the left of the a why i don't know why <laughs> why they did it that way around that still confuses my brain to this very day um now aesthetically for me i found and 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 atmospherically uh the game like you you talk tony about playing it for one long Sunday, and and mm. uh, I I had a couple of sessions like that with when I was playing through the trilogy, where I you know pretty much spent most of a Sunday playing it. And there's something very Sunday afternoonish about it. I think memories of watching um, Ray Harryhausen pictures um, from you know also featuring um, Greek mythos and things like that. Um, but the the sort of the thing that makes it very different to that is the fact that it's outrageously violent. Mm-hmm. Um, although although the old Harryhausen films tended to have a, a little bit of gore and ketchup to excite the kids, I'm I'm thinking of the Medusa's head being cut off in Clash of the Titans <laughs> and Calibos's hand and all that kind of thing. But um, God of War is uh, really does take pleasure, in, and and each each game in the series seems to have sort of up the ante in terms of the levels of man on man violence. Uh, definitely with that, yeah. It's a really weird one, isn't it? Because not going into the story for a second, but it, the story is obviously a Greek mythology, so you, it's an ad- version thereof. Well, I mean, but it's, I mean yeah. you would class it as a, a fairly educated ad- adult tale because you know Greek mythology is generally the, the people that kind of look at something like that. Um, but it's fun for kids too, isn't it? Greek mythology, big monsters, you know. Yeah, but how many do? How many follow it? Um, no, I, I disagree with that. I got. I think Greek mythology, and I, I, I know we're going to get into this later on, but it is so ingrained in everyday culture. Well, no, I, and I, I agree to that point. You mm. know, the culture is based around it, religion for a lot, and you know, a lot of the you know these characters are, you know are taken from religious segments. So, but that's fine. But I, I think if you know like the deeper of what they're actually trying to you know who these characters are, and actually some mm. of the deeper conventions of who they are, um, I think it's, it's like a, a slightly higher scale. That's kind of the, the stuff you learn at your later years in in school. Mm. Um, and so to me, it's like, I, I understand God of War 3 is a, is, is a violent game, or all the God of Wars have been a violent game. But with the technology um, jumping the way it has been over the last few years or a few decades, now, and to use a really you know, terrible word, but it, it's so visceral. Um, mm. It's, I found a couple of scenes to be just a bit over the top. I'm okay with limbs being ripped off and, you know, you know, horns being put through uh, eyes of matador. Was it matadors? Minotaurs. 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 Matadors would be the people the other way who around, uh, make yeah. the minotaurs dance around them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and and that's cool. But I I know Leon. You, we talked a little bit about this. Is um is it Poseidon? The, the Poseidon death, which is yeah, the very first boss. And I, and I think again, this is this is to do with with the game wanting to kind of set its stall out um, by. <laughs> sort of putting a very high bar on these things early on is uh, as well as the as we've already talked about the graphical spectacle of that initial battle it ends once he's kind of taken uh, Poseidon the god of the sea uh, down off his whatever it was horse or, chariot thing amazing horse chariot <laughs> water thing which does look pretty awesome mm-hmm. Um, he kind of, yeah, he takes his crumpled form and really, really kicks the shit out of him <laughs> and uh, finishes him off by 
putting his thumbs in his eyes in, in and you see it from Poseidon's uh, first person perspective which and it, just but the, 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 I, I don't even mind that necessarily to a degree but it seems to revel in it, it it's like oh, yes absolutely. you're now going to press the, the right and left R3 thumbsticks and you're going to put your pretend to push your and it it just to me I was quite shocked of how how that portrayed to me I was like well, okay, I'm not too sure it's actually sure. quite a clever use of the thumbsticks I thought um, <laughs> it but, is. The, yeah. but the other one that, that stood out to me is Hermes death um, he's oh man you know he's he's known for his speed and agility and he's running around the place you finally mm. catch up with him you corner him you, you knock him down and he can't move from you anyway. so what do you do as, as a character of course you pick him up by his head and you rip his leg I mean not rip just like he takes one of his blades and just saws his leg off the blood goes everywhere mm. and this was a time where you know Liz was actually walking in the room and she just looked at me and went what what what's <laughs> and then yeah, he it- does the other one he just throws his body and, and it, it seems to me it just took maybe a bit too much joy from like, look at the technology it's can- a bit it's a bit 12 year old schoolboy isn't it, it? Is, I mean, that's the yeah. thing about it like we're saying it's an adult game but actually it's attitudes towards violence and sex are very adolescent mm. and that and that goes back to the first game with its sex uh it's it's sex mini game and the fact that you could see some of the characters tits oh my god and it happens again um, in this one yeah another sex mini game in this one um which is and- possibly either the best or the worst sex you know, i've ever seen in a game <laughs> Was Aphrodite, uh, isn't it? Juvenile as you can possibly get. Absolutely. Now, what? What's? But I mean, you know, what's it up against? Um, this is a, a conversation that's been been had before on uh, on many podcasts. But um, the sex scenes and video games—it's uh, they're still sort of coming to terms with one another, aren't they? Um, and yeah, the, it kind of fits that you know this this ridiculous high Greek fantasy in this case. Um, I say fantasy at the risk of offending any um, polytheological believers still out there. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, you know, it's kind of absurd. It's kind of over the top. It It, it is designed to appeal to um, the 12-year-old boy within all of us. Um, and I, I think it succeeds in doing that. But um, but yes, it is also the kind of game that, you know, your wife comes in and sees you playing it and you... you feel like a, a bit of a twat. Yeah, it's like when you're watching, looking at porn and then you've suddenly got to cover up the screen or turn it off or <laughs> kind of distract them otherwise. Well, maybe I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. different here because I was sat next to my wife while I was playing it and I kept nudging her going, oh, look at this, look at this, watch this, watch this. <laughs> but I mean, the thing, that, I mean, in a way I kind of, I mean, it is a, it's a cartoon at times. It's so kind of ridiculous. Yes. It's almost like, um, it reminded me a lot of P- uh, Peter Jackson's Brain Dead. You know, it's yeah. so like straight in your face, over the top. You know, I mean, when you when you actually corner Helios, it, it, which is probably my favourite, which was in the original demo as well, and you tear his head off, mm. literally mm. on the screen. But mm. it, I was, uh, you see, I got to the point where I was on the second playthrough. I was I was pulling it off. I was pulling his head. And then I would fail deliberately. So then he would, then I'd start again and do it again, and, and just keep sort of getting that little bit further until eventually I decided that Jesus, I'd put him dude. out of his misery. <laughs> that explains a lot. Uh, I okay. think that they actually missed a little trick here, though. You know, it could actually give you what you're about to do in text format next to the button you've got to press. Mm-hmm. So you could have like press X to tear out the larynx. <laughs> but he could even have punch and pass, you know? Yeah. Well, like what, you, do you mean like some kind of morality gauge, like uh, yeah, but the Old Republic Yeah, but it's like violent or incredibly violent. 
Yeah. <laughs> See, that's the thing, you know, is Kratos comes out of this. Obviously, again, the Saul is set out, set out not so much early as, in fact, in a previous game from 2008, uh, 2007, um, uh, that you know what's coming. You know what he's going to do. He's he's out, outraged and, and furious and wants wants revenge Be on honest. the gods themselves. He's an themselves. absolute penis that you're yeah. Oh, yeah, he is. yeah, that's it. He is not a sympathetic character. Um, and and uh, you know, and sometimes it's fun to play an anti-hero, but it's it's hard to even call him an anti-hero because he's, he's just not a, a hero at all, basically. You know, he's Everything, a psychopath. Yeah. Apart from a little bit um, towards the end of the game, there is no redeeming features in him. Mm. Well, yes, we'll, we'll we'll come to the redemption. Uh, yeah, <laughs> such I'm, as I'm not it going is. to get into that now, but I mean, I remember a section where there's a bunch of civilians walking around. <laughs> yes, and I was trying to grab one of the enemies when they had the little QT front above their head. <laughs> yeah. And of course, being Kratos, he grabs the civilian and stabs them 90 times in the face. Yeah. And how bad does that bonus. make you feel? You're like, no, 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 not, not him. Oh, no, it's, oh it's, Kratos. What are it's you experience, like? <laughs> It's experience you get, isn't it, from pretty much anything you smash and kill. Yeah. So obviously the game is constantly, the developers are encouraging you to wreak havoc in every single room, even the most innocuous room. If there are barrels and, and, and weapon stands lying around, then you want to smash them because... The the upgrade system in the game is is quite large, and you you do need a, a pretty extraordinary amount of upgrade points to get all the open up all the combos and all the weapons, don't you? Mm. All the all the features and all the spells. I, I just I basically stuck with uh, two weapons, I think, so I upgraded both of those. But yeah, I would imagine you would. Um, the gauntlets and the blades of chaos. Whatever. Mm. Yeah, I pretty much exclusively swapped over to the cestus when that uh, that became available. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Cestus, which ones that remind me? Uh, it's the, the gloves. Yes, yeah, the big metal fists, right? Yeah, the ones that yeah. uh, Hercules has uh, spotted before you. Uh, yeah. You relieve him of them. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, I mean, this is more of a gameplay consideration, but let's let's go t- for it. Um, the the game is designed such that, as, as with most of these games, that uh, although you can stick to certain default loadouts, as it were, uh, if you want to get the best combos, the best result, take the littlest damage, you do actually want to strategize and think about which uh, which loadout you're selected going into each scene, because each scene will produce the same the same sort of menagerie of monsters each time, and it's about working out the balance, isn't it, between the kinds of monsters and which weapons do them the most damage and uh, and leave you in the least vulnerable position, right? Mm. Yeah, and I will say that um, compared to God of War One, at least. The additional weapons that you end up get uh, obtaining, they're a lot more useful. Like um, right. in God of War One, I, I just went Blades of Chaos from start to end. Yeah, yeah, but they're yeah. they're all variations on the Blades of Chaos. So you have the the version of Blades of Chaos with lightning, so it does a slightly different damage uh, technique. And what's the other one? Um, uh, so, like another variation of the blade. It, it's it's all about. I mean, I from what the way I played it, you use the blades as the crowd management. So when there's lots of enemies on screen, you try to you know pin them back enough because there's invariably going to be a mini boss in the room before you enter find the big boss. So it's all about just pinning back those you know the mini you know, the 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 hordes shall we call them so you can actually then do the damage towards the the mini bosses and and get them down before they do enough damage to you. But um, I mean, they they've changed it up a bit now from what I know from playing God of War two and God of War one, which is you you could you always had to, basically wasn't it one weapon selection and you had to do a bit of trickery then to to 
you couldn't really combo into any other weapon. You'd use that weapon, you'd have to stop, transfer to the next weapon, and then mm. do that. Um, with this now, you can actually press L1, and I believe it's X, and you can then, it cycles through the, the weapon's mid-combo. So oh, can, yes. Yeah, so you can be doing one thing with the blades, and then you know press that, and it goes on to the next one. Um, so you can actually, a bit more variety, rather than just saying, right, I need to stop this animation to do this. So they, they certainly improve, improve the combat. I wonder how much difference it makes uh, depending on what difficulty you play the, the game on. Um, I would imagine quite a lot, uh, as, as is normally the way with, with this genre of game. Um, I played it through God of War 3 on easy um, because pretty much I wanted to see the pretty graphics and kill some shit. Uh, but I imagine our Darren probably tackled it on a higher setting, or did you not because of lack of time? Lack of time made me end up playing it as normal. Normal, okay. It'd be interesting to know. Um, I, I've completed. The, I played through most of the first game on on normal, and it uh, and it had a couple of quite tricky um, yeah. difficulty spikes. Um, literally, I mean, the first game infamously has has some appalling sections, some terribly thought out moments in Hades, and uh, a couple of really shitty puzzles, and a horrendous final boss. Whereas, I think you know both game design and 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 the knowledge of what has gone before although each game in a series has a different producer um obviously they have learned from previous games mistakes and god of war 3 is a pretty smooth ride isn't it mm. talking to uh, unless you've got no sense of rhythm <laughs> talking to paul rooney um i know he's completely he's done the platinum and all these games um wow. and he was saying that hard is incredibly hard yes um and which is a, a challenge I'm normally up for. So it, it may be something I actually go back because I really enjoyed God of War 3 for what it was. So I might mm. actually go back and, and experiment with that. But what, what I found the most interesting thing about the gameplay was it, it basically came down to um, the dodge tactic. There's always something you do in, in uh, a third-person action game, whether it be dodge, whether it be... Um, uh, repel, um, yeah, yeah there's, parry or yeah, a, parry. Yeah. There's, there's always just that that Counter. one move, and this one's on on the on the right stick. Flick the right stick, yeah, yeah, uh, and it works extremely well, and and gets you out of some <laughs> terrible situations where you're just about to die, and you can flick and and then get some uh, you know some more health or whatever. It's very true. The yeah, I remember playing again playing the first game in in 2005. Um, I'd not played a game with that mechanic that use of the right stick before i don't believe to my to my recollection and um it took some getting used to that that uh, thing of remembering that you can just flick your thumb out mm -hmm. um from the buttons to to evade um and there's a slightly counterintuitive it's easier to roll to the left because of your na where naturally where your thumb sits over the buttons because you're moving it away from the buttons to the left to flick the stick left um so it takes a little bit of sort of um, brain retraining to learn to curve your thumb over the top and then ping it back to the right, if you see what I mean. But once you've got it down, it's, um, it, is, it is a very responsive technique, I think. So did you guys actually find the gameplay that interesting? What, what I'm trying to say is I, I found the highlight of the, the entire experience is, is one, obviously, the visual style of the game, but the boss battles. I found, you know, the learning, the, the patterns of how they were going to hit down because if you got hit by a boss in this game, it does actually hit, hurt you quite a lot. You mm. have to be very careful and, and a lot of management, certainly with the, the flicking of the stick to get out the way of maybe um, it, like the hand coming down and smacking you because that can do some proper damage or being hit by an electricity uh, bolt or just there's always a safe area. Um, there's a great, actually, there's a great scene. I think um, it might be Cronus, the, the big one, where he brings down his hand. It's just about to hit you. And the, the marker of how that's going to happen is you can actually see his outline for the sun. 
of where yeah, when his hand comes down hmm. and you can see the handprint coming down towards you you have to stay in the light rather than the dark section and his hmm. fingers go between you and like jesus and the, the screen shakes so i found the boss battle was you know really intense and really enjoyable intense, yeah, but I, I found just <laughs> the everyday combat just almost i want to say it's pointless but it just uh, just like that there's an, there's no i found there's no real rewarding gameplay it, it just it was a case of can i move on to the next big big boss battle and the next you know epic looking scene and I would can agree you guys with that. just get I mean, out of the way the strengths of the game are definitely and the, the cinematography and what will actually happen when you're smashing someone's head into a wall but it's mm-hmm. less interesting when you're going up against cannon fodder you know generally mm. they've got quite a lot of health there's not much variation needed to kill them and you can largely turn your head off and do one combo over and over until a QT prompt appears. And that does change during bosses, mainly because they do so much damage when they mm. hit you. Mm. Yeah, it might have been interesting um, uh, to have somebody on who had been able to play the game through on, on the hardest levels just to, to see if, if that did open up extra depths to the gameplay, because it certainly does on, on something like Bayonetta, um, which is... Uh, where you pretty much have to relearn the game to play it, especially if if you play the easy setting on easy auto option, which is kind of the equivalent of of God of War um, in some ways. Um, Does playing God of War 3 on whatever it's called, hardest, ultra, legendary, mythic, whatever it is. um, Ultra hard, I think is the highest setting. Ultra hard. Does it actually Um, ask... Chaos, I believe, is it not? Chaos, sounds about right. Um, Chaos is very hard unless there's another difficulty after that. Does it properly ask more of the player, or does it simply mean that you have to hack and hack and hack and hack and hack for a lot longer? True, but it then that's pos- that's not down to the game. I mean, it's it's down to the game to give me a rewarding experience on the, the level they want me to start playing. And although I'm I'm yes, very true. much a, a big fan of you know you should play games on a harder difficulty because you can appreciate the combat that they give you. I never really felt like God of War was was actually art. There was nothing about inviting you. Yeah, nothing yeah. invited me about wanting to go for that. I mean, normally there's achievement and there is a trophy in this, but there was just nothing there to say. Well, you know, you enjoy fighting these particular different enemies. It's it's not not really. If I enjoyed fighting them in the first place, then I may have wanted to to up it in difficulty. I certainly uh, I certainly agree with that. Um, and, and and that's uh, echoed by the fact that, as I say, I played it on easy, and I don't feel like I missed out on any of the experience personally. I could be wrong because I haven't tried the alternative. I haven't tried to, to make it more difficult for myself, but my feeling was, and uh, this is a natural point to kind of bring this in now, so we're going off the off the script as it were, but um, with something like Bayonetta, um, with one of the more technical hack and slash games, um, it does seem to invite you and, and kind of hint at and let you know that, you're going to get rewarded for for learning the game better for trying the game rather than it simply being increasingly a war of attrition and the ability to dodge faster and um, take take less damage from each skirmish. It seems to be more about that. And 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 to that end, um, I wanted to to bring Darren in here um, as uh, listeners won't necessarily know that Darren is a, a some somewhat of a ninja Gaiden expert. Um, wanted to talk about the fact that conventional wisdom says um, that uh, Western developed hack and slash titles tend to be more like this, like God of War, where it is more button bashy, less sophisticated, um, whereas Japanese games traditionally are are deeper and more elegant, more technical, um, require more understanding of 
whether it be frame counts or enemy strategy or, or, or things like this. Um, and is this actually a truism or is it just a commonly perpetualized fallacy? I think there's a certain degree of truth to it, but it's mainly in the fact that the very best examples of the genre are Japanese. Right. But that's not to say that every game developed in Japan is held to that same standard. For that's every a Ninja very Gaiden or uh, Devil May Cry, you're also getting stuff like Knight's Contract. And then okay. there's the 99 Knights in Dynasty or what else approach as well. Have there been, has there been a Western hack and slash game? Obviously, God of, the God of War series kind of leads the line in terms of profile. Um, would you say, as, as a fan of these types of games, particularly the, the, uh, the well-renowned Japanese ones, has there been a Western hack and slash game that has that level of sophistication and depth in terms of its actual mechanics? I hate to say this, but I don't believe there ever has been. Um, it's not to say that there hasn't, but if there has or been... Or there couldn't, yeah. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. The thing is, even Japanese developers are trying to take on Western sensibilities. Um, for instance, Ninja Gaiden 3 is in turn and taking on quick time events. Yes. It's trying to make it uh, more cinematic, have more set pieces. And to be honest, the fans of that game, as a really hardcore kind of pure combat game, mm. they're not liking this. No, of course. Mm. Um, I'm the, ca- the feeling is it's being diluted by Western sensibilities, or making you know making it more casual, more more uh, accessible to the the non aficionado, all that kind of thing. Yeah, that's exactly what's happening. And I mean, on top of that, so far there's been no real proof from Team Ninja, the current Team Ninja after Itagaki left, that um, the game is going to be incredibly difficult, or there is going to be a very rewarding in-depth combo system for people that really want to get into it. It's not to say that it's not there. It's just that it hasn't been shown yet. Right. So the the I guess what we're saying the difference is is that so say God of War has three difficulty levels plus one or two more unlockable. I'm not sure. Maybe it's one more. Um, there isn't necessarily the same reward for going up those settings, starting on easy and, and working your way all the way through. As whereas something like Ninja Gaiden, famously there's a there's a hidden easiest difficulty setting um ninja dog which, mode ninja dog which you have to get by basically pe- performing poorly uh which is still by many game standards <laughs> not that poorly um but there is again again there is a real sense of progression and reward and learning the game um the same way that with a genre i'm comfortable with whether it be a music game or a football game i get by far the most pleasure pl- set immediately cranking it up to the highest settings and and taking it on whereas for me with god of war i was happy just to take that sunday afternoon uh super extreme violent ray harryhausen (laughs) experience and have an adventure with it have some fun win some trophies see some gore um shout raw and all that kind of thing (laughs) but there's no particular wrong or right answer to this in fact strangely when i I went looking for you know examples of what we could class as a, a western hack and slash game that has mm. these sensibilities um i come up pretty dry and and you end up um people suggesting stuff uh, more in the vein of uh, like batman arkham asylum and mm, assassin's creed and yeah i know but it, it's it's strange where you suddenly get these story driven games which have facets of um not necessarily hack and slash uh, gameplay but 
what looks like that from a Western's point of view. I mean, God of War is a prime example. It, it you know it feels like a watered down version of anything you've seen. Well, certainly, if you compare it to to Ninja Gaiden, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I, I know you know throwing this this topic around on Twitter that there was a lot of um, personal reaction to people saying, "Well, I don't want that." Like, mm. why are you forcing me to, you know, God of War is, is fine how it is. I like just pressing two buttons and I can see the end. And to me, it, it makes me feel empowered. Where, uh, sure. conversely... Um, Ninja Gaiden makes you Ninja, feel yeah, like feel, a... Yeah, yeah and I wouldn't man. touch Ninja, Ninja Gaiden <laughs> at all because, you know, when I tried it, it made me feel like an idiot. Um, <laughs> which, you know, once again, maybe that's down to difficulty levels. Maybe maybe God of War can does have that in it. But from from the outside perspective, it, it feels like it, it it's just not a, a very Western thing to do because we're not really crying out for it. And what you could argue is that the East do this way particularly well, and the West do their way particularly well. So why yeah. why strive for either or? Mm. Yeah, I mean that's why Ninja Gaiden Three is being to the fan base. It looks as though that it's been toned down for the more casual market, and to a degree, it is. You know, like the normal difficult settings, they're going to have a more gradual slope to try and get uh, people that maybe either they're not good at the games or they haven't played them and just mm. kind of show them what's possible. You know, and um, if they're enjoying the gameplay, they want to ramp it up. That's entirely up to them. And I've got nothing against that approach. I just, it's nice though when there is actually something higher to attain, you know, something higher to strive for. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, that's the thing about Ninja Gaiden. I mean, Ninja Gaiden Black had a fantastic approach to difficulty. Mm. Apart from the fact that it was too hard for casuals on a normal level. Because every time that you finished the, um, one particular difficulty setting and went up to the next, it wasn't the same enemies you were fighting. It actually mm. brought in brand new ones. Uh, it's not just Variations on a theme, presumably? I mean, uh, Sometimes. Sometimes it was just... For instance, better that, AI, faster response, that kind of thing. Absolutely. I mean, they had that as well, but it was different types of enemies. Mm. Um, they might be so different. you had to relearn your tactics. Yeah, there might be variations on like enemies you fought, such as uh, white ninjas would become black ninjas, mm-hmm. um, and they could like cartwheel around and throw you. But later on, you would actually fight completely new enemy types that you wouldn't have fought earlier on. Like it wasn't just yeah. uh, enemies from the end of the game appearing at the start. Oh, it okay. was n- new designs that you would That's... never see unless you ramped up the difficulty. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I, I, again, you know, I can't speak with any qualification on this. Um, I don't imagine that God of War does that. I, I imagine that it's pretty much the same monsters. They're just harder. They do more damage and they take more, Longer take more hits to yeah. kill. I could be wrong. It may be that arenas that have four, uh, say, uh, Medusas in on normal difficulty have six or eight on hard, but I don't know if, if the engine would even support, you know, more monsters than, than yeah, you're small. already fighting on, on, on standard difficulty. Got it. Got Apparently, it does up to fifty. Reading into it, so okay, yeah. that's um, a lot of monsters. Um, yeah. Is that? I assume that's like at the maximum. That's fifty of the most basic, you know, small soldiers. Rather yeah, than probably, yeah. you couldn't have fifty of the uh, the ones that require QTEs because some of those are pretty graphically impressive. It has to be said. I, I just want to throw a question in here. I mean, what mm-hmm. defines a hack and slash game these days? Because I mean, some are quite obvious. I mean, obviously with um, God of War, uh, you know. He hacks and he slashes, but but it, there it does have elements of Zelda and Metroidvania and things yeah, as well. well this is, this it's is it's what not I was just thinking, a hack and slash. 
like it always occurred it occurred to me that enslaved feels similar in many Very on much. many levels yeah. with the sort of the way the the game plays like the combat particularly feels you know you you're running around with a staff you're smashing i mean it's less a hack and slash more a bash and punch yeah <laughs> but um but that's that is a fine point that's enslaved was the only one i could actually come up with which combined the east and west style together purely mm. for that, you know, hack that slash. because that's exactly the one that i would have put forward I mean, a lot of people didn't like Enslaved's combat because it was basic, but mm -hmm. uh, personally, I thought it was really satisfying because they nailed yeah. the physical conduct side of it so well. Yeah, this is something I was going to bring in next. The Normally, uh, in my experience, the Japanese developers nail that so much better, um, and, and all three God of War games suffer from this to a degree, which is the fact that it doesn't always feel like you're actually hitting things. Well, it feels very rubbery and spongy, and... Um, Whereas playing something like Devil May Cry, you got a real sense of slash, slash, slash. You know, well, okay, okay. And, and exactly. I think God of War, God of War uses um, the blood on the screen as a, you know, as a, a, um, a visual indicator. Yeah, a visual indicator to, to, to say that you know you have done this damage. And you know, at certain times when you're ripping open the belly of a beast, you kind of feel like, oh, I've had some impact or pulling out their eye. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, c going back to something like um, Ninja Gaiden, Bayonetta, and even in Enslaved, and I think the trick to Enslaved, if you really want to make it feel like a Western, uh, an Eastern hack and slash, put the difficulty on hard, because they don't take <laughs> take any prisoners. When they hit right. you, you take a lot of uh, mm. a lot of health is taken away, and you really have to manage um, you know the heavy attacks and the light attacks yeah. uh, and speed I mean, it, and, and fury for that. Enslaved has nothing like the level, the amount of combat variations that something like Bayonetta has, um, but it does have a similar sensibility. It's true, um, Darren. I know that another game, obviously, that's hugely inspired by um, God of War, the God of War series, was um, EA's uh, Dante's Inferno. No, um, it's by Visceral, wasn't it? Um, yeah. uh, appropriately enough, because um, <laughs> I know that you feel that they came a lot closer to, even though the game design overall was probably weaker than anything Sony Santa Monica have done with God of War, the actual feeling of that uh, viscerality of combat um, was better in Dante's Inferno. Yeah, basically. I mean, the thing is, when you're spooning around the, I think they're called the Blades of Exile in God of War 3. I mean, mm -hmm. they've been renamed it with every game. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just feels as though it's going through them all the time. I mean, like, mm. they tend to bounce after the blades already went past them. It yes. just continued on its way for quite a while. Whereas with Dante's Inferno, I just felt that it caught that feeling of a blade going through flesh. Just better, you know, it paused for a second going through it. You heard the sound effect, a nice little shk. And it just, it's those little intangibles that they can really add to just even the most mundane gameplay. Sound is, is a hugely important thing, and it's not something we've talked about so far, but I think um, the sound of yeah flesh on metal or metal on metal is so important. And I, I think for all God of War's excellent soundtrack and uh, rousing speech and, and good monster noises and all that, I think the, the actual combat noises aren't quite there, are they? No, I mean, you've got the screams and all the rest of it, but as I said, I mean, usually you can hear the blade whipping around, but you never really hear crunching as it goes through bone. Mm. You never mm. really hear the splatter as brains shunt themselves across the battlefield and land in a ugly little <laughs> pile at the side of the cliff. Which is odd when for a game that's so celebratory of uh, of 
schlock of ridiculous violence um you'd think that it would especially by the third game you know it's quite common for games in their earlier uh, iterations to have sound effects that don't quite do the job i'm thinking of um gears of war for instance in 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 gears of war 2 um all the guns had a noticeable increase in oomph mm-hmm. um even thinking back to something like the winning 11 series the the sound the the football sounds in that in the early games were just atrocious just didn't sound anything like a real pops. sport yeah. yeah pops and bangs um and 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 it, you know it, it's famously it's an underappreciated area but it seems weird that having there having been five or six if you include the java game god of war games that they're still struggling with this seemingly quite crucial aspect but at, at the same time the i mean you kind of just dis, dis, no, not necessarily disregarded but you know the soundtrack you have that that this well the theme i guess that runs through the entirety of the games which is the They use that remarkably well when you take down a big boss or even a you know a, a sub boss, and you're there and you're ripping its eyes out and it's thrown it across the ground and it goes da 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 da, and you're like, yes, I have Absolutely. just destroyed yeah. everything in this room. I rock. Yeah, and, I mean know, the the, the score is is great. It does a great job and it and it totally evokes that again that cinematic thing. It's it's incredibly. But once again, it, it's like it's just arcadey fun. That's mm-hmm. that's the way I ended up feeling about um, God of War. It, it's just this romp. It's like this arcade. I'm here on the as you say on a Sunday uh, a Sunday afternoon morning, sitting there just hacking and slashing and, and working my way, killing these beasts. The epic soundtrack, um, but. You know, I can't. If you have to compare this versus something like Ninja Gaiden, and my experience would be with Bayonetta, where the gameplay is entirely essential. The story is ridiculous and fun and crazy, and the music's brilliant, but the gameplay is the central part. And I can't help but kind of feel like that's why I'm there. If I'm going to play a hack and slash, I want to feel like when I'm going to hack and slash and it goes entirely wrong, there's a get out way because there's an extra button I can, you know, do a reverse hack. Um, yeah, and it's horses yeah. for courses, really, isn't it? You know, it's it's a, playing something like Ninja Gaiden or Bayonetta to a high level is kind of a, a sport. You know, it's it's mm, incredibly completely. demanding, and it has its own rewards. But yes, if you want to sit back and kick back and immerse and feel empowered, then then something like God of War is better. In coming back to Jay's question, what what is a hack and slash game that I think of when I think of God of War now a lot is is actually a game that more often gets compared to Zelda, which is um Darksiders um by Vigil. Um there's a lot in common in that game with with God of War in terms of the the power up system and, and the combos that are available to to your rather chunky, hefty main character. Uh, anyone else played that one? I sure did. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, how did you feel about the the communication of combat in that game? Because obviously, although it is a Zelda clone in many ways, the combat you, is you, a lot more like God of War. Yes, and you're spending a huge amount of time 
in that game actually just fighting monsters in in the same way as you would going from place to place in God of War. I mean, there's more environmental traversal in in uh, Darksiders, although there is a certain amount in God of War. There's a bit of platforming and a bit of yeah. Um, God of War navigation. feels very linear as to where you're going through, even though you are retreading the same areas from time to time. Yeah, I mean that's something an interesting thing about God of War three. Like the scope of of God of War was one and two, particularly two, is very wide. They they span sort of seemingly quite large areas, whereas God mm-hmm. of War three is an almost entirely vertical experience. It goes up and down, and or you start off going up, then you go down, and then you go back up again, and then you go sideways, and then you go down. Do you? That's described every game ever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. No, particularly God of War 3, though, because you literally start off climbing a mountain, then you get plunged into the depths of uh, Hades' realm, the underworld, um, and then you're making your way back up, and including the um, graphically impressive um, 3D flying uh, I was sections. just about to mention that myself. Um, yeah. Basically, if, if you've got to climb very high or die very low, out come the wings, and yeah. uh, you get a little 3D flying section. Little mini game, yeah. yeah. Um, and Darksiders sort of has those with uh, only it turns them into a whole sort of um, on rails Panzer Dragoon style shooter, doesn't it? Where you're you're on the back of a Pegasus type creature. Yeah, I thought that was possibly underused because it only happens at one point in the entire game, as far as I recall. Oh, was it only once? I, I didn't finish the game. I only got about halfway through. So. There is an achievement for it, and um, it only happens on one area. So I'd assume. Oh, that's, that's right. Yes, you have to shoot down a certain amount of enemies, don't you? Yeah, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, thinking story-wise, why that actually happens a lot. Do you remember the the section in there called it was the chains of balance? Yes. So there there was a lot. You know, the reason you, you were you you were scaling up was the, the chains of balance were basically the equilibrium of the you know of everything. It was the underworld, the earth, and Olympus. So it it was the the connecting. And it just happened to be a bunch of wooden boxes cobbled together. No, no, that's the labyrinth, isn't it? Oh, that, that that was the labyrinth. Yeah. They, so they so, connected the labyrinth. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, you know, the the chain, and I really like that that central theme about you know everything actually is connected together with these things, and you need to take down their individual strengths before um, that chain can finally be broken, and you can actually rise up to Olympus yourself and and take down mm. you know the big boss. So I think you know there is story reasons for why you want to be you know ascending and ascend, uh, descending and you know moving a- across because you know that's that's a central theme in that. Yeah, it works well. I mean, it's just quite unusual. You normally feel like um, in games you tend to um, feel like you're going on a road trip along the Earth, you know, somewhere or or another planet, whereas God of War is unusual in that you are going up and down. Um, Yeah, and the the puzzles, are there any noteworthy puzzles in God of War 3 whatsoever? Um, There is one in God of War 2. (laughs) That's why I say it. That's why I ask that question. To be Anyone? honest, I thought all the puzzles in God of War 3 were shit. Pretty much. Oh, strong words there. Probably Basically, right. The thing is, I mean, I'm not a big fan of lever-pulling puzzles, and the vast majority of them were lever-pulling puzzles. Yeah, they're pretty much there just to slow you down a bit, aren't they? They didn't feel as though they were designed to tie into the story for a lot of, for a lot of it. Um, like, for instance, the, there's one later on in the game where there is a big statue... That's staring at you. Um, you've got to stand on a platform, and the eye lights up, mm, and then you can see right. a bunch of hidden stairs. Mm-hmm. The entire design of that area was just simply to slow you down, so that the game would pad itself out a bit longer. 
Yeah, or well, they would probably argue pacing rather than padding, wouldn't they? As in, in terms of you they really would argue could it. get, yes. you could really get tired of just bashing but, the square and triangle buttons over and over again. So here's a lever. So you get to pull, push R two to pull a lever. Well, in, in that particular scenario, all you have to do is um, look at the, the was it? There's a blade that you basically need to match up, and then you can hit the things. Yeah. Uh, but um, that's it, not the exact part I'm speaking about. No, you're talking okay. about Hera's garden, aren't you? With the the garden, yes. Yeah, we see. I I actually enjoyed that. I didn't part mind that bit because it, yeah. it was the whole change of perspective thing that I quite enjoyed. But the um, it was just the, in the cutscene beforehand where he just brutally murders, um, snaps her neck, Hera. Because she insults his <laughs> his dead family. Um, yeah, don't do that to Kratos. It was well really. at the time. I thought, wow, that, you know, it, it, um, it amused me how pure bloody minded he is when it comes to murdering people. You know, but but that was one of the, the scenes where he actually wasn't going out. You could see that he didn't want to kill her. There was no reason. No, she was golding him, and then you know she yeah. she bit off more than she, she could chew. But what I liked about the puzzle that followed that was that you used her body as part of the um, <laughs> as part of the whole puzzle solving. You know, you threw her body into one of those little cup things that weighed it down. And I I've just, got to admit, uh, sorry to interrupt you, nice. but um, there's a lot of convenient deaths in that game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you tell the guy's head off and it just happens to be a torch that can open up hidden alleyways. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's where the Metroidvania stuff comes in, mm. isn't it? Although it's linear, it's not it's not um, Metroid in the sense that you're you're going, oh, yeah, I remember I saw that path half an hour ago that I know I, know I can get past, but it's uh, you're given the next tool for the job. Um, again, kind of like Zelda in a way, I suppose, or, or Darksiders. I, I quite like that. I, you know, I, although I agree, oh, it, yeah. all, it, all it is is a way to you know introduce a new environment, a new mm. gameplay mechanic, and here's it. But what's more funny about that is you rip the head off, and now you know it's the the god of light almost. Mm. Yeah, exactly. it's strangely um, appropriate to. Yeah, and there yeah. you are. You're shining and opening up doors and going for these you know things with you know the, the gleam it, of his that eyes. A bit reminded me of Monkey Island, where you use the navigator's head to uh, to get around the caves um, to find LeChuck at the end of the first secret. Of Monkey Island. I, some, I think that the, the, you know, listening to you guys and actually you know, thinking about this a little bit more is I, I found like God of War three is actually caught in a particularly difficult place for the series because ultimately we're to believe it's the last one of the God mm. of War franchise. And there's you know, a tease at the end though. There's isn't a there? tease there's at the end that maybe it's not. And like, you know, then who? Whenever do they kill off their main their main guys? You know, it's a multi million selling uh, franchise, yeah. so you wouldn't expect it to disappear. Mm-hmm. But so you have, but it eagerly anticipated. You know, the other two have been, and, and the PSP games have all been massive. So you feel like they can't move out of the, the little the, the niche that they've they've made for themselves. So that they're not going to change up the gameplay to subtly. It's like you know these other games that we've been, you know, like Ninja Gaiden and you know all these other ones we've given examples because that's not what people come to the series. So that's going to stay the same. I think they weirdly we'll get back onto the story, but I think they they've kind of pigeonholed them themselves a little bit of like, well, what's what's he going to have to do now to top God of War one and two and the PSP mm. versions, which are huge in, in scope anyway. So you know, we we now need to take down all these gods, and you know, there's there's some pretty convoluted things about you know how he does that without having the ability to to kill a. Uh, a god, which yeah, well, you, you have to have your powers taken away at the start of these games as well, of course, um, and um, and 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 also, you know, where do you go from killing Zeus? You know, there's the, the right before we get onto the story. What I want to say is, I think that, that the problem they have is how they then go about changing the gameplay. I don't think they can change the combat mechanics. I think all they can do is make it more physical, which they've done. Um, 
but also the the puzzles, like you say, the puzzles don't need to be there. All they do is is slow down the the you know slow down yes, the pacing of um, the game. I don't believe that the puzzles have to be excised from the game completely. They just have to be made interesting. Mm. Lever lever puzzles don't interest me, and maybe some people love lever puzzles, but they just do them well or don't do them at all. Yeah, the, the exactly. point I'm trying to make, which will lead us back onto the story, is if if you take um, another epic game that has these huge scenes uh, and glues the story so much better, I mean it's. Don't look any further than something like Uncharted 2. Now, does it use lever puzzles? For sure. But that's not how it slows down the story. What it does, it, it slows down the story of great characters and puts those into set pieces. Where or overly you, long firefights. Well, yeah, yeah, let's not get onto that. One day we'll talk about that game. Um, but but it, what it uses more, it, it uses character and set pieces to actually say, look, I'm now in this environment and let's walk through here slowly because I'm going to take in the scenery. Yeah. God of War never takes a second just to catch its breath and say, Look at what we have made, because half the time you're, you're fighting on these huge, yeah. huge bosses, and, and you know, yes, it looks spectacular, but you never really get the chance because they're always throwing stuff at you just to say, this environment is amazing. So that's some of the best times I've had in, in like Mass Effect 2, just standing there in, in mm. one of the cities and just going... Drinking in the atmosphere. Wow. And you know, I, for, all the, you know, for all the graphical powerists that um, God of War 3 has, it, it never actually... Shows it off in a, in a, in a slower fashion. It's always no, about the big bang, really big bang, big game. bang. I don't think you can. I think if you stop to pause, uh, you know, to sort of spend some time with the characters, that's when you realise how how badly, how paper thin yeah, it all how, is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the fact that Kratos is a thoroughly unlikable central <laughs> figure. You know, he might be powerful, but he's a dick. No, but you you are entirely right because the story is paper thin. Well, this this is the thing where you it's end a bit, up. It's a bit harsh of us to call yeah, Greek know, mythology yeah. paper thin, but no, but, but but it kind of is. <laughs> this this yeah. is where you start to upset people because it, you have fans of the series and they Absolutely. say and, you know they will shout now and say, well, you didn't even finish God of War two and you haven't played the PSP versions mm. and you have to hold your hands up and say, yes, look, we we're cane and rinse and we're meant to know about everything about this franchise. No, 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 no. that's not that's not. What but we're it's saying. impractical for us to to go back and do <laughs> no. that. So the game has well, to have this. Well, I'll just story. clarify this because um, after playing God of War 3, I've actually put the God of War 1 and 2 uh, collection mm-hmm. disc on my Love Film thing because I actually want to go back now and play them properly because mm-hmm. I, I, I do want to see the whole story. You know, I want to see, I, for, for despite the sort of the paper thin sort of plot and character of Kratos, I still want to see the whole progression through the How series. We got there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think I'll bother necessarily with the PSP games unless the these other two get their hooks into me even more, and and we'll see. But well, the order you're supposed to play them is starting with Chains of Olympus. That's actually the first game in the entire story. Mm. Then God of War One, then Ghost of Sparta, the other PSP one, um, and then God of War Two. After that, so in a way, you could uh, it might be better to hire the. Um, the PSP double pack before the uh, the first two, but yeah, I suppose it's this, it's that it's like the Star Wars, you know, which mm. order did you watch them in? But um, yeah, I, I mean, I definitely want to still play uh, the the PSP pair because simply because they got you know ex- exceptional reviews. I know that mm-hmm. neither of them are particularly long games. I think they're both um, shorter than perhaps the any of the other three, may, maybe except God of War three, um, but. Um, Apparently they've done a really nice job on 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 upscaling them and that. So um, you know, and it is it is that that feeling of sitting down and relaxing with a you know with this <laughs> this hyper violent idiot um, who is Kratos. It's an interesting decision from Sony to to go with something like this because it huge amount of money was pumped into God of War Three. 
Um, you know, it, 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 thankfully, I think it made back their return. So, but to go over is almost less of an anti-hero. I mean, he, he, he's such an unlikable character because you can never. I mean, I I understand. I played the first game. You know, why he, he has this anger towards Zeus and you know, you know, his kid and wife being taken away and you know the fact that he wouldn't be given back and you know the power that he, he you know he tries he has this power and he has the ability maybe to to rescue him from you know from the hell that they now live in well that's a pretty good setup and, and i like that but then when you you're going as kratos and you're going around and you're killing civilians um mm. you know there's there's a scene in in god of war 3 where you rescue this girl and you're thinking oh look there's, there's a side to him where he, he doesn't really want to see her be hurt and then he uses her as a doorstop <laughs> and she gets crushed and you're like yeah. Jesus Christ you asshole like just yeah. and in one respect I'm sitting there I'm laughing because like okay, course, I didn't expect yeah. him to use him her as a doorstop but at the same time how are you meant to empathise well with yeah this he's supposed to be going through all this pain because of his wife and kid who he killed mm. Um, mm-hmm. and like Jesus fuck off yeah you know, but just- there, there is possibility with that I mean there is you could have you know had the progression where he became so blinded by his rage that it, it, you know, and 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 that could have been the big moments at the end of of three where he realised, and and in a way, that's what they imply by the story, isn't it? That he, he finds hope, but it's that yes. would have been it's a just, fantastic ending, actually. Yeah, if, but it, if it just came, if I think I came up to him and said, "Look, Kratos, reflect on what you've done," it would have been fantastic if he just turned around and went, "I am such a cock." <laughs> I'm <laughs> so then sorry. Jumped off a cliff. <laughs> Well, he does. Uh, he jumps off a cliff. He jumps off a cliff at the start of the first game, doesn't he? Well, <laughs> yeah, he's quite good at that. He's actually quite good at dying, you know. I mean, like he's been to Hades about four times now. Yeah, why bother? But yeah. this is it, and it sets the story up as like he needs to find the flames of. <laughs> but the, the flames the flame to of Olympus is currently covered yeah, that's in it, the Pandora. Pandora's box. Yeah, which, um, which Pandora's box he used at, at the end of the first game, and then but it turns out that yes, yeah. yeah. But so he needs to find this to, to kill a god. Well, and which is which fair is enough. That, that would make... because he's killed about five thousand gods throughout the series. But, and this is it. I did the, the bit that got me, which I, I never really had a problem with this. Okay, well, you're thinking, well, he needs the, the top god. Clearly, you're going to need the best weapon in the game to kill this. But then he kills Hades, like it was just something mm. that that seems to have happened. Like, oh, Hades is dead. You know, I just I killed the god of death. Like. That's probably the you know, below the god of <laughs> gods. That should be the next one, which is pretty big deal, surely, because no one can die. And and so, I just, Zeus didn't have an easy time taking out Cronus either. Yes, true. Mm. You know, mm. no, it's mm. just like when he takes out Cronus, it's it's like a big, big a big bombastic battle, and uh, he's not happy because he could have been killed during it, but it, it's not something that almost kills him. You know, he comes out of it smelling like roses, even though he's getting <laughs> squashed and eaten and. Like uh, digested, you know. Jay, I know you wanted to talk a little about the um, voice work in the game. Yeah, to a point. Yeah, he's. he's uh, I guess there's some quite well-known and familiar uh, people in there. There's quite a few when you. It's surprising at times, but the maybe it's slightly off-topic, but it's it's there's something in this um, when I watched because you only really real you only realise how many um, actors are actually involved with this, like doing particular voices when mm. you watch the featurettes. Yeah. And as a side note, there's something that really bugs me about these featurettes is why do they only ever focus on the Hollywood names? 
you know, it, yeah. it, I mean, not well. You, you know why, but well, yes, yeah, but I you know, agree. there's there's other voice actors in in these games that do just as good or give just as good a performance Absolutely. than the one yeah. who's getting probably paid several times more for doing a day's work. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, yeah, I, w- I would love to do a show on on simply on voice acting at some point because it's something I'm quite passionate about, and, and it's the same in animation, both mm. eastern and western, that voice actors talented skillful specific voice actors are being replaced by hollywood names and that's not to say that they never do a good job because some of them do but there's a lot of great voice talent being done out of work um, well here's the thing i mean i don't i don't have a problem with the actors they chose to appear overall i mean you've got um the two biggest names are malcolm mcdowell and rip torn um, Rip Torn is a great well, casting, actually, and he's he's her Hephaestus mm. uh, is my favourite character in the game. Um, well, it actually easily. looks like they they modelled the character on him as well. If you see the featurette, he actually does resemble <laughs> him. He's got the beard, he's, he's got qu- the scraggy hair, everything. Quite hideous. But yeah. Malcolm um, McDowell as Daedalus um, just seemed incongruous to the whole well, thing. It just, yeah, it, it, he tends to. He's obviously got an agent who gets him. Um, gigs doing video games <laughs> yeah. um, and where he turns up and you know he, he chews the scenery and he gives it, it all give, gives it everything but he just over camps it up well, I, and, I didn't uh, mind his performance but it's just it, you kind of for what it is in the game which is what I think a, like a minute cutscene if that mm-hmm. the, you just think couldn't you have found somebody else you know considering uh, on, a, on a like I said aside now it's just they're always saying how these budgets are getting inflated well it's like well stop using Hollywood actors when you don't need to, but yeah, I, it's, I remember. Sorry, it's, it's 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 you've got some what could be clever casting, like uh, Kevin Sorbo doing Hercules. Yes, yeah. but yes, you don't yeah. even recognise his voice because they've digitally deepened it and distorted it slightly just to make it because mm. of the size of the character. I didn't yeah. realise I could not even recognise his voice until I saw the feature out and thought, oh, that was him. What a waste of time. Hercules himself, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Elijah Wood pops up as well um, from a previous game as, yeah. as Kratos' brother, yeah. But- Do you not finally, uh, occasionally find that actually uh, disjointing when you hear a, a famous person suddenly coming out of a... a yeah. Well, exactly. if you recognise you know, the voice instantly, yeah. If it's, it's, it, it depends on how good an actor they are, but, you know, it's... it's I don't know, I mean... It, Overall, the game. I mean, you've got this. Uh, who does the voice for um, Kratos? Uh, TC Carson. Yeah, I can't say I'm a fan because it's just no. it's very basic. I think is a performance. It's, I mean, it's it doesn't exactly require like you know emotion, does it? Apart from anger all the time. But the one voice, the only voice in the whole game that really, really grated on me was Pandora's. Um, and also the way the character looks. She looks so modern with a two-tone bleached sort <laughs> of... Everything about that character kind of repelled me a bit. Oh, she I, just, she... Yeah, I was hoping Kratos would, like, gut her and, and you know, use her head for <laughs> opening the box or something. That's, cause... that's exactly the thing. I mean, why didn't he? There's no other character in the series that, that he's actually shown pretty much well, any kind of respect of. Of yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. Because she's yeah. hot. Yeah, oh, that's, no, that's she reminds awesome, of his daughter. Festus thing, but I mean... Or both. <laughs> But it, it, well, that whole scene made uh, actually that was the one scene that actually made me laugh right at the end, where he's he's holding on to her to stop her stop her from sacrificing herself by throwing herself <laughs> into the flame, and Zeus is behind him, uh, 
you know, winding him up about his family and stuff. And then uh, Kratos just snaps and then lets go of Pandora and goes after his dad. And it <laughs> was just oh, that no. whole, yeah. like, what? <laughs> it's brilliant. But, but but that's because it, it never really earns that scene. It, it's because like you, said, you you have no empathy for the character throughout mm. the the series and yeah it's it's upsetting sure you know his his wife and child mm. died and that's you know, pretty but you've murdered so many people up to that point you know one person that may or may look, not yeah. look like his daughter at that point just put her in the box i mean you 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 feel like you know all of a sudden he he has this conscience that comes from nowhere and like you say that could be a, a really emotional and yeah. impactful scene but it kind of just it plays out and you're like well <laughs> You know, and then then he obviously finds that actually it's just hope in the you know the boxes. Mm-hmm. There's nothing in the box, and and it's all about hope. It's pretty cliched. It kind of works on some levels. I kind of like you know he he kills himself at the end, and with that hope is released mm-hmm. aco- across the world. But when you think about that, the only reason yeah. the world needs hope it's is because he fucked it. He's up. destroyed the world. Well, because he killed yeah he killed all the gods, didn't he? Huh. Of yeah. nature well, and sun and, and sea and yeah. yeah. I mean that's the thing. I mean the second that you killed Poseidon, you see the seas rising. And yeah. all these little civilians trying to escape the rising sea, getting just swallowed <laughs> up by it. Yeah. No, I think I think you're absolutely spot on. So yes, it it's it all it rings a bit hollow. His his whole uh, his whole bit at the end um, sacrifice because um, you know you can never really undo that much damage. <laughs> <laughs> just build over the top of them, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, as we come to the close, uh, one thing I know that uh, Jay kind of touched on earlier um, is. Worth asking the question, is Greek mythology as a whole an underused resource by computer and video games? Um, there have been some. I can remember a few. Uh, you mentioned Rygar earlier, uh, Darren, which is a series which goes back to the arcades of the 80s. That has elements of it. Um, there's you, you often get um, Greek monsters cropping up in games as bosses in uh, Medusa in Kid Icarus or Scylla in Symphony of the Night, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But um, apart from Myth by System 3, not the, there's another series of games called Myth, but I'm talking about the, the 8 and 16-bit game uh, Myth, History in the Making, I think it was subtitled, uh, and God of War. I can't think of too many games fully based on Greek mythology. No, this is, um, this is something that... It's a shame, really, because it is such a... a, a it's a veritable goldmine of great mm. characters... You know, classic stories. I mean, they are literally classics. You know, I mean, are they not all paper thin though? Well, no, <laughs> but the thing is, well, no, they're not because they're, they're, isn't it where every story? Now, there is a, a term given to these, but every story is is created from templates that go back to the ancient Greeks. You yeah. know, it, it's, it's but it, it might seem a bit weird, but I, I often think of like Mass Effect is almost like Jason and the Argonauts, isn't it? I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, you, 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 this one guy goes around, collects a group and then goes after an objective or, you know, a very simplified version of it. But it's funny that when I play Mass Effect, that I can't help but always, it always reminds me of that. Even, even the way that some of the, the, the robots, for example, those giant armored mechs with their single glowing red eye always mm. remind me of Cyclopses. And you kind of think they're, Maybe one day. I mean, you could see the the way that Mass Effect is as a game, all the mechanics and stuff. You could easily transfer that to ancient Greek, a- ancient Greece, with you know replacing the various aliens with with creatures and stuff of, of the time, and 
you know, you could replace, say, the um, Normandy with the Argo. <laughs> you know, uh, I think it would work. I think it would be a great idea. And I'd love to see something like that. Just because there isn't well, really anything out there that uses this. Stuff. I don't know about Greek mythology, but I mean, there's games that touch on um, certainly um, a religious mythology. So, I mean, El Shaddai has just recently come out, and you know, buzz, all terms of purposes, that focuses on Christianity quite heavily. Or, or isn't yeah, he, yes, where's well, Hebrew, yeah, isn't it? Their versions thereof. Um, if you look at um, something like even the Halo series, I mean, it it kind of creates its own universe of. Um, uh, religion, but you know, you have the con, con- Jesus Christ, the covenant, covenant, <laughs> covenant um, there. And if you if you follow that story, it's very much a hierarchy of um, uh, like you know, a, a religious society. So I mean, I, I think that's being used and actually being used in some fairly big games. Greek mythology, slightly less so, and I I don't know the reasons why. I, I think that when we say that God of War three has got this this paper thin story, I don't think it's actually down to the Greek mythology stuff. I no, actually, no, no, I was I, being I love, deliberately yeah, glib when I said that. But I love I I love the fact that I'm actually fighting these gods, and you know, one of the other situations was you know Liz was sitting there watching me, and she was she was the one saying that so and so because you know she she studied ancient Greece at school, mm. so I mean she was very much there talking about well this is what that they did in in you know in you know the literature side of stuff, um, and so she she found it quite interesting how they had taken that and and then made them into a god and and then gave them these certain powers. So I think it's just there. They just don't knit it together very well. They the problem they is knit it together just for is, boss fights. Sorry, I mean everything is really overshadowed just by Kratos walking in and killing everyone. Mm, yeah. You know mm. that that's such a strong image that they focused on. It mm. completely it paints over all the all the background kind of story for a lot of it. Mm. Yeah, there's nothing to say that you couldn't have uh, a game based on Greek mythology for all its uh, monsters and titans and and gods um, that did have a more uh, sort of circumspect view that was more thoughtful and placid. I mean, obviously, you know, even the games that we regard as as having the best stories, whether it be Red Dead Redemption or, or whatever, even those games have a hell of a lot of shooting and killing in. But there's certainly somewhere between... Um, something as, as ridiculously manic and intense and an OTT as, as the God of War games and um, and maybe something as dry as a text adventure or, or, or something where a Greek, you, you could bring proper characters and stories set in this, you know, visually stimulating time to, to, to life. Mm. It, is it Poseidon who's the, the God of the Sea? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, what you, I like the representation when you kill that... Um, that particular god, you can then see in the background that the seas rise and, and you know things. Are, but imagine if there was a, just a, a, a little sense of dialogue as you're trying to take them down, and they're saying, you know, if you kill me, you realise that you know billions of people will die, yeah. and like outlaying, you know, I am the, the god of this for a reason. I was given this power to control these situations. If you do this, you are sacrificing a sense of consequence. Billions. Yeah. So in the end, it's just like, cool. Did you see? I knocked that guy out of that chariot, and that like, cool big horse thing fell to the ground. Pope and his head up. It was wicked. Yeah, and um, it, it's and, just there's no consequence mm, to it. So I think you know a lot of the things we've we've touched on here, we've obviously all enjoyed, but ultimately found the God of War experience perhaps to be a little lacking in certain areas. But I think the thing is, you know, we're talking about introducing plot, character, puzzles, emotion, whatever, <laughs> into this game. I think, you know, God Maybe of War fans wrong. who are yeah. listening to this will be going, no, leave it. <laughs> All we want is Kratos, you know, slashing the shit out of stuff and um, and killing people in Evermore. 
um, unpleasant ways. Um, you know, would we be we be changing the very essence, the very ethos, the raison d'etre of God of War by trying to inject um, certain aspects that aren't welcome in in this game? And and it would be we'd be better off, you know. Darksiders exists that has a lot of elements of God of War, but also has, you know, kind of better puzzles and, and environmental traversal. And then, yeah. I'd, I'd be interested to hear from the, the people that have played the PSP versions, whether that's something they've they've maybe played around with a little bit more in, in you know, the slightly I would, smaller scale price I would think less than on a, on a handheld, reckon, yeah. personally. I would think that would be more about the, uh, the, the, you know, just by the nature of handheld games, they need to be very pick up and play, very accessible. Um, you know, I do it. I intend to play the the the, the two uh, PSP games upscaled, and you know, maybe we could, if if we all do, we could perhaps visit them yeah, again and so. see. Yeah. But um, I'm expecting from those a lot of hacking and slashing, and very little else. Some big monsters and so, some QTEs. So then, I mean, I always like to, to close the show out, just you know, summing up people's feelings about you know, you know, we're not going to give scores. Um, no, you know, we've had this discussion, but I'd, I'd like to just give a kind of general feel of how I would, you know, would I recommend this game to somebody yeah, in absolutely. that respect? Yeah. And to me is, I, I think, yeah, we, we will have people shouting at us saying, well, that's not what God of War is. You need to look elsewhere for that. Mm. Um, and maybe, yeah, maybe you are correct. But for me, it's God of War. I mean, what I found from God of War 3, it is spectacular to look at. Visually, it's, it's in the top tier of, you know, 10 best games you've ever seen. Uh, category uh, it, you know it's art style is really really yeah nice um for me the combat was lacking and um the story was all over the place but i still had a really really good time of it i mean i, I still finished up and i like i said i put i think i put about nine hours in pretty much straight and i got to the end of it actually i quite enjoyed that yeah um, i mean i mean the thing is it's kind of like the definition of a popcorn game you know yeah, it, it doesn't is, really yeah. have like a lot of substance to it yeah. but while you're doing it it's you know it's comforting it's fun and it passes time, you know, in an enjoyable manner. You're not going to go back and really try and master it. Um, the combat system seems to like depth from my uh, point of view. But uh, if you just want to see a lot of evil monsters getting killed by someone that's more evil than they are, go mm-hmm. to your game. See, I, yeah, that's where the depth of the psychology comes in. See, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, so much that I, you know, I, I didn't expect to enjoy it as much as I did. I mean, so much that I played it twice. And with the exception of, say, this silly bollocks harp playing section. And yeah, the rhythm action puzzle uh, that really, really you didn't enjoy. I, by the yeah. way. Oh, that's the bit you were stuck on. Uh, uh, quick question here. What's that? I'm a 360 player usually. Mm-hmm. Did anyone else keep hitting the X button on the 360 as opposed to the one on the PlayStation? No. No. I, my, my brain is fully trained into the, uh, the, the differences between the controllers. Yeah, it took me a while to get it down just, just because... Uh, what caught me out on that one was that was the double hitting of the buttons which threw me out oh, for a second the, the wings i i had no end of problem jumping because you, there were there was a slight delay on the yeah the tap. control on that is a, is a little loose yeah I think. and the double I, jump was strange mm. yeah can, yeah can i just say that any any time that god of war 3, i actually tweeted this and, mm. and i stand by this any time that god of war 3 wanted to be a platformer i wanted to throw the pad across the room because the mounted i didn't die on the, any of the you know I, I died on a few of the fights but the mm. amount of times i died because there's one in particular where you had to jump onto this like you you came down this bit of the wall when you jumped onto this bridge bit and the bridge was on fire and then you had to quickly double jump to this other section mm. and it seemed to me like the double jump worked 
20% of the time in, in my hands. Like all of a sudden it would work and I thought, well, I did exactly the same thing. Another time, completely wrong. Just like, no, you, you fall to your death, try again. Yeah, <laughs> the timing on it's a little fussy. And also you have, it's one of those where the animation kicks in kind of after you've pressed the button because he unfolds his wings mm. or whatever it is. And um, you have to have faith that it's going to happen. But I think what, what tends to happen is you press it the second time and you think nothing's happened yeah. and then, then you release <laughs> cool. it and press it again and then you fall to your doom. So you mm. have to kind of trust that that second press is being registered and you will float delicately uh, to land tippy toes on the other side of the chasm. But um, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan. I think, you know, the character, the control of that character is based around rolling and hacking and slashing. And it, it, it's, although all the games in the series that I've played have had these platform elements, um, they're certainly not as well handled as in something like Darksiders. Yeah, I, I you know, to, to sum it up for me, I just... I think I feel like it's a game trapped in in a PS2 architecture. I think it looks incredible, but some of its its core features, such as the combat system, um, some of the puzzle sections, um, yeah. and even some of the platform, yeah, it just feels very much like they've upscaled and upres this game, and it looks beautiful, but they've got left a few too many trappings from an old era. I mean, it's at the same time, I mean, Devil May Cry was a PS2 game. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, it's a kind of old-fashioned thing because it's you know it's it's such a simplistic game such a simplistic conceit you know and it goes back to the the arcades of of the 80s really with things like golden axe that's that's where this has come from and they've not got a a whole lot more sophisticated i think one one thing that's interesting about the god of war series as with um we were talking about the soundtrack before we started recording the fact that the soundtrack is feels coherent even though it's been written by five or six different people every episode in the game series has a different producer a different director every single episode and yet they do feel although each game is slightly different it is incredibly coherent and is that because they haven't taken a lot of risks or is that a testament to the skill of the people involved We'll let the people decide. I think and if they want to send the feedback, or whether you know, I think it's yeah, feel. it's one of those game series where they're damned if they do and damned if they don't. Because if they uh, do make a God of War yeah. three or a God of War zero, which is I suppose is Chains of Olympus or whatever, God of War in space, as uh, as Kyan <laughs> was suggesting, Darren, sorry, um, big Diner Crisis, yeah, di- oh, yeah, uh, yeah, that worked really well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, is it's one of those where if they change it. They're, they'll lose their core audience if they keep it the same. They'll lose the kind of the more people are only playing it casually. Um, I think there comes a point where, you know, a series like this probably needs to be put to bed. It's had five very successful outings, um, critically, if not commercially. I think commercially it's done pretty well as well. But um, do we really need another God of War game? I would suggest not. I'd have to agree with that, I think. I think as the story goes, for what I can gather based on playing three, it seems quite, um, you know, it it seems like a good resolution to end it on rather than to try and milk the hell out of it from, you know, now on. And there we shall leave it on our God God of War 3 discussion. That's uh, the first major game that we've pulled apart. I hope you enjoyed it if you played the game. I hope you enjoyed it if you haven't played the game. It's uh, it's available cheap. You can pick it up um, probably for under a tenner in, in, in your local second-hand bargain bin it's, or online. It's only well worth that. Yeah. yeah, oh, absolutely, yes, yes. It's it's definitely fun. Yeah. Um, 
So, uh, a reminder, those of you who tuned into and downloaded uh, Volume 1, Issue 0, The Dummy Issue, thanks very much for doing that. Um, if you didn't, uh, or, or a reminder, even if you did, um, we want your voice, you, the listener, on the show in future episodes. Um, we want your comments and questions. And how are we going to do that, Mr. Taylor? Um, we have a Skype button on the website. Um, if you click that, it will take you through... It, it should, in theory, if you have Skype installed, call us, uh, yes. in which you can leave a message on your on the voicemail, uh, to which then I will then extract that audio and we will put it in the show. Yes, um, and we will answer or, or comment mm-hmm. on your comment. Um, and as you said in issue zero, Jay, we're we're all up for um, creative use of audio. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, um, if, if people want to, and you, just to reiterate the point from last week was, if you don't have Skype, you can send an MP3 via email. Mm-hmm. If you want to record your own question using whatever software you've got, and you know, add some audio flair to it, feel free. As we said before, mm. you know, we're up for that. Just you know, as long as we can hear what you're saying and hear the question, yep. any way yeah. you want to put it, that's fine. That's it. Um, yeah, so um, even if you don't own a headset for your PC or whatever, you can, if you've got a, a Skype app for a smartphone or something like that, you can call it in that way. Any, any way you can get some audio to us, it's just that we very much decided that we, we don't want to read emails and Twitter comments out on the show, but we do want to have your voice. So um, further to that, uh, we can tell you in advance some of the topics we've got coming up on future shows so you can in advance question or comment on the likes of Resident Evil 4, uh, Child of Eden, Res, and Q Entertainment as a whole. Um, hopefully, we're looking to have a special guest for that one. Excitingly, uh, after that, we're going to cover Eco and Shadow of the Colossus. And then further down the line, and this sort of proves our, 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 our plan is coming to fruition, we're going to be talking about Gears of War 3 long after everyone else has finished talking about it. <laughs> and we'll see if it's still got an online community left. I think it might have. Um, yeah. And see if we still like the game after all the hype and the buzz has died down once we've uh, probably uh, caned and indeed rinsed it. So um, caneandrinse.com, click on the Skype thing, join in the uh, discussion. Uh, we are part of the Character Select Network. The forum is the Character Select Forum. Uh, you can click on the forum link from the front page or you can go to character select slash forum. You can email us, although we won't be reading it out, but if you just want to give us feedback or whatever, canerince <laughs> at gmail.com. And Tony, there's iTunes as well, of course, to think yes, about. Yes, of course. I mean, by now you should understand how this works. So we're after, obviously, some iTunes subscriptions. Um, hopefully everybody will be enjoying the, the enhanced MP4 version. Oh, yes. Like Don't forget the enhanced um, uh, yeah. M4A file, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if you're downloading it on your on an iOS platform, you're going to have that whatever because that's the one that's up there. So uh, look at that, see the features, and if you want to add some more, then uh, just ask Jay. Um, I believe we have Zoom stuff going up. Uh, we're not sure about works. that at the moment. Um, yeah. I think we're going to do it if there's enough demand for it. So email us or, or message us on the forum if you are a committed Zoom user and you need us to get that sorted. Um, and we will consider it if, if there's enough demand. 
if you are an iTunes subscriber, we would love you to give us a review and a rating. Um, obviously, we, we want to climb higher in the charts again, and uh, we'll have one or two more sh- shows coming up, but it, it will help us dramatically um, if you could leave us a rating. Yes. Uh, and just you know, tell us whether we're going in the right direction or that it's the worst idea ever, but really, five-star reviews would be very, very, yeah. very nice. And come back uh, and come to the forum, the Character Slip Forum. Uh, yeah. There'll be a feedback thread for each show, and we'll also set up a thread or if there isn't one already for each of the topics and games we talk about in the uh, general gaming uh, forum. Um, as at the time of listening to this, it will be at the earliest Sunday, um, if not next week, um, as, as, <laughs> as we are recording. Um, the Cane Rinse site is now live, obviously, um, and there's already a bunch of articles going up, more to come. Um, thanks to Darren here for his epic Warhammer 40,000 Space Marine review. No problem, buddy. Uh, and he has a, a another piece forthcoming. Um, I've got an opinion piece up there. And uh, yes, it's all bubbling along nicely. And hopefully um, our fantastic team of contributors will come up with some yes. more goods yep. day after day or maybe week after week. We'll see. But uh, and, um, So, I mean, just go to, as we're discussing on the, the issue zero is I'm not here next week. So right. I'm going to leave you in the, the hands of Leon to talk about Resident Evil 4 and a few more of our contributors. Yes, so. indeed. We'll be back next week with that Resident Evil 4 show. In the meantime, thank you to Tony, to Darren, and to Jay, of course, and also to him for editing and producing the show. And we'll see you next time. 